the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Danny Cannell. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson. Uh, we continue the win totals march. ACC Coastal, ACC Atlantic in the bag. And now we're getting your weekend started right with the Pac-12 North. Now, uh, you know, there's going to be a couple themes that I expect will come up a lot. Like, you can't take anything from last year. You know, heck, some of these teams only played four games. But we're going to try to, based on the personnel, based on some of the changes that have occurred, uh, still try to find a way to give you that edge. So, you guys ready to count them up? Let's do it. As much as I think it's the, the under count is a safe up. play, like, I can't even. Count them up. Count them up. How many games are going to win this fall? I can't fathom who wins. I just can't. I don't see it. It's not, it's not on there. It's not, not the schedule I'm looking at. Unless there's another schedule somewhere. The Oregon Ducks. Again, we will start with the most uh, amount of wins, work our way all the way down. Uh, we've got two teams. These numbers come from William Hill. Pulled them this morning. Uh, and looks like... Other than there's, a, I guess, an Oregon State movement, for the most part, they've been locked in pretty much. Oregon is at nine. Washington's at nine. Let's start with the Ducks. It is, again, a whole number, just a good old round number. But it's at nine. It's juiced a little bit to the over, over minus 120, under plus 100. The biggest game on the schedule is that they go to Columbus to play Ohio State. Depending on whether you think that the Ducks can go into Columbus and beat the Buckeyes, then the real proposition here is, do you think they can go 7-2 and two in conference play or better to get the push or the over? So with Oregon at 9, which way are we going on this win total? Over. A very safe over. Safe? Talk to me. I feel like I'm pushing it worst at 9. I, I look at the schedule, and yeah, obviously, Ohio State in Columbus, second game of the year. Big test. But we got to remember... Ohio State doesn't have Justin Fields back. It's it's going to have a young, inexperienced quarterback who's only played one game at this point going up against what should be a good Oregon defense. So it's going to be a really tough test for that player very early in their career. So Oregon, while I think Ohio State's going to win that game the majority of the time, Oregon's a bit of a live dog in that one. And it's not crazy to think that the Ducks could go on the road and upset Ohio State. But even if they don't, looking at the rest of this schedule, where else is Oregon like going to be an underdog at Washington, maybe in early November, mm-hmm. probably possibly. But even if that's the case, we think they're more than a three, four point dog in that matchup. That's going to be mostly a coin flip, maybe on the road at Utah. That's a coin flip. I feel like at worst, 
This is a team that I think when you look at the way that their Pac-12 schedule sets up, they should win at least seven games within the conference. So if they go two and one outside the conference and then go seven and two in the conference, I'm pushing it worst. I do think this is a team that can go eight and one in the conference. I think they could run the table in the conference because I think there is a fairly large talent gap between them and just about everybody else they're going to be playing this year. So I, I feel good with the over here. Again, I think I'm pushing it worst. I, I'm also going to join Tom with the over. This for me is more of a lean than it is a bet, to be honest. I, I, I So I, I've already bet Ohio State in that game. I just we did the around the clock series. One of Oregon's major worries is the secondary. Oh God, it's not, that's not a great worry to have if you're going to play Ohio State's receiving core, in my opinion. Um, but I think about the other teams on this list. So at Washington, does Washington even know that, that the Ford Pass exists? No. <laughs> UCLA, we'll see if they throw the ball effectively. Utah, again, we'll see if they throw the ball effectively. I, I do think that nine and three is the most likely outcome here, uh, but I I have ten or two or better uh, as you know a good bit more likely than eight and four. So I went ahead and 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 took the over here. Yeah, when I look at this playing in Columbus, you know, quarterback making his first big start and Quinn Ewers like he could be struggling. <laughs> We forgot to talk. what's going to happen. We spent 25 minutes talking about realignment on Thursday. We meant to also mention Quinn Ewers uh, reclassifying, but my nine year old daughter could step into that system and put up some pretty good numbers with the receivers they're going to have. So I don't care who the quarterback is. I have a question for Bud, though, because I'm leaning towards the over two. How good? Because the quarterback, you guys know the, pr- the priority I put on the quarterback mm-hmm. position. Anthony Brown, I'm like a guy. Is Ty Thompson the future? Is he a next level type of talent that could step in and take over this team and potentially like then I feel really good about the over. Yeah, I I actually think he is. Uh, Danny, they were like re- you kind of know, right? Coaching staffs are never going to tell you, "Hey, this kid we got sucks." But like Oregon staff is very very excited to get Ty Thompson. Like they they think that he could be the kid to put them over the top. I don't know if that's going to be like this year, uh, but I, I think that they have Anthony Brown, a guy who's experienced to, I don't think he's a special player, but I don't think he's terrible. Right. Um, so you have Safe sort of the floor. Yeah. You have the floor of Brown. And if Thompson arrives maybe a year ahead of schedule, uh, then, then maybe this team could do something and, and, and be really good. The only thing that makes me, and I, I'm taking the over officially too. The only thing that makes me nervous about this Ohio State on the road, which is probably like, who knows what happens in that game? Probably a loss. They've got UCLA on the road, who we don't really know. That could be a tough out, though. They've got Washington on the road. They've got Utah on the road. So they've got like four really like solid opponents on the road. Like you throw in a Stanford on the road, which is a unique challenge in itself. And we don't really know what we're going to get from Stanford. I don't think they're going to be good. Oregon will probably be a two touchdown favorite, but it's a different, unique challenge. But I love what Mario Cristobal has been doing. I think he's got, I think he's amassed one of the better, most talented rosters in the entire Pac 12. So I kind of trust them. I agree with you guys. I feel like nine and three is the bottom where you have a little bit of protection on the bottom falling out. So I'm going to take the over. They may be to a place where they dominate the conference on the lines of scrimmage, with the exception of probably Utah. Hmm. Under. Um, Let's hear it. Hater. Well, I mean, Danny just made my case. 
like my notes were, uh, I'm going to give them the Ohio state loss. I, I have Oregon and Washington, like your concerns about Washington's explosiveness. And we're going to get into the Huskies in just a little bit are very fair, but it's a game in November. I mean, Utah and Washington, both on the road in November. That's tough. That is a, those are challenging end of season games against teams that are just as physical as you. And so I think that I've got Oregon losing them both. And if not, I agree that at UCLA. So if I'm going to give Washington to Washington and I think that they're going to lose Ohio state, there's two then at UCLA at Utah. I don't think they get them both. I agree. Nine and three is the most likely outcome. That seems to be like one thing that we're all kind of hovering around. But if I've got to push it over or under, I think that that tough road schedule has me going on the under side of nine. How many games are going to win this fall? The Washington Huskies, nine wins as well. Theirs is juiced a little bit more to the under, plus 105 to the over, minus 125 to the under. Just like Oregon, they play um, a Big Ten foe on the road. They'll be going to the big house to play Michigan. Uh, I don't know if any of you are looking at the Huskies. I don't, actually, who's going to be favored in that game? We'll get into that in just a little bit. Um, we look uh, around the uh, conference schedule. I think Washington gets a bonus, as does Oregon, from missing USC. Uh, Washington also misses Utah, but they do, and they get Arizona State and UCLA at home. When I did my Washington versus Oregon analysis, I can think that Oregon might be a better team, but I do think that Washington has a little bit of a more manageable schedule. Um, I went last. I'll just go ahead and say this. I think nine and three is the most likely outcome, but actually for scheduling reasons, I pushed this one to the over. Chip, I join you right there, man. And I have concerns about, about their ability to throw the football, some concerns about how Jimmy Lake manages games, but I have them favored in every game. Yeah. Sli- I mean, very extremely slightly against Oregon, like 51%, you what, know. What's your Michigan? Uh, I have Washington minus one. Yeah. So, which is about what the books have it right. Isn't that where it's still at? And uh, for a while, I, got, I think, I think Michigan's a favorite now. Yeah, I got Michigan flip around. I got Michigan plus two and a half back in May. But yeah, I now it's now it's Michigan minus one. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll likely play alternate line Washington like minus seven at like three and a half to one in that opening game. <laughs> That's well, awesome. I mean, look, there's, hey, no, no, no. There's so much. I, I love so the creativity. This, you're, you're just, you're really opening my eyes into some real opportunities to find value. I, I'm not laughing at the pick. I, I love the approach. I will say, uh, and we love William Hill, of course. I would not bet this over nine. I, I'm going to take the over, but I would not bet this over nine. I would absolutely bet this over eight and a half minus one thirty, which is available at other shops. I, to me, like. So it's what over nine plus one hundred five at Will Hill. So that's a thirty-five cent difference. If you want to take the under played at Will Hill, if you want to take the over, I don't think I would give up the half win on this crucial push number for only a thirty-five cent difference in the line. Right? If you're giving me like sixty cents, I, I would obviously consider it. But I, I still for for the purposes of the pot, I'm going to take the over. Um, their road games in conference are very friendly very for the easy. most part. <laughs> like they go to Arizona, which probably not great. They go to Stanford again, not an intimidating place to play to Colorado. We'll see, you know, and they go to Oregon state, which not the easiest place to play, but in the conferences at top half of the tough, like, it's not like it's a super long road trip. They're not, you know, UCLA or one of these zona schools having to go up, go up to, to Corvallis. So I'll take the over. 
I'm on the under. Ooh, let's hear it. I think that, honestly, I think the most likely outcome is nine and three. So the push is where I'm really sitting at. But I think that when I look at the other two sides of that, 10 and two, eight and four, I lean more towards eight and four as a more realistic possibility than 10 and two, simply because, as we kind of alluded to in talking about Oregon, this is just a team that, in a very small sample last year, showed no explosiveness on offense. But that was also kind of the case in 2019, too. Like, it's Washington hasn't really had an explosive offense in a few years now. And I don't know what's there to make me think that it's suddenly going to appear in 2021. And I think that with Jimmy Lake in charge, the my biggest takeaway from that team last year was they're very happy winning games 17 to 14. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. If if your defense is good enough to do that, awesome. Play to your strengths. It's just when you play low scoring, close games, there's a hell of a lot more variance at play because one play can, you know, like one fumble, one bad snap can completely flip a game. And I think that it you have to be perfect nearly to win consistently playing that style. And I just don't know if Washington has the kind of talent at this point where I think that they can do that. And the schedule is easy, but Oregon at home, Arizona State at home, Wazoo at home, those are all games that I think they'd probably be favored in at least two of them. I don't know if they'll be favored over Oregon by the time that game comes, but I just this isn't a team to me that screams 10-win team. It screams very solid, very respectable, eight and four, ranked around 23rd. I'm struggling with this one because of the Arizona State game. Mm. Like, I don't know what's happening with Arizona State. If there was no issue this offseason, I might say that's a game Arizona State wins with a more explosive offense, with an ability to put up some points. Um, that's where I'm struggling with. I think the most likely scenario, like you want to create a parlay, is to say both Oregon and Washington go nine and three. One of them goes, wins the Pac 12, and the Pac 12 gets uh, like and beats an undefeated USC team. And then the Pac 12 has a, a champion who's 10 and three and gets left out of the playoff. Like that's probably the most likely scenario in all of this. For our purposes, man, I kind of want to go with Tom. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Tom. I just think again, questions at quarterback. Who's it going to be? And I I feel like they're going to lose at Michigan early. I think that game is Michigan's like that's Harbaugh's job on the line. A little bit more desperation. It's at home. It's a revamp staff. Like I'm a little bit of a believer that Michigan could surprise the upside. The Oregon game. I like Oregon on the over. So. There's two losses. There's an, I, I just feel like the eight and four scenario is more Pac-12 than a ten and two scenario. But eight and four feels like the floor. Yes, agreed. Like this will be a tight one for sure. I just, but I would say, hey, I, I don't think the other. rest. That, we're about to get to it, but I don't think the rest of the division is good enough for the floor for this Washington team to be seven and five. They can twenty-one seventeen their way to seven or eight wins uh, against this group, but I don't, as, I don't think it's. I don't think it's likely, but I think seven and five is possible. Yes. Okay. As we move on. Count them up. The Cal Bears over under win total set at six with the over at plus 100 and the under at minus 120. Another team, they only played four games last year. They went, uh, they went one and three in those four games. When we're looking at trying to find 
these six wins, I find it easier for me to start totaling up losses and then... Well, I don't want to take first one on this. Um, Danny, where, where are you at with either. Cal? I was just going to say, I don't want it either. Okay. All right. So it's very easy. I go Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA, TCU. And maybe you want to flip TCU. I happen to have a lot of confidence in, in the Frogs. I think they're going to be a good team. So real quickly, I get to five. And so you would think, okay, if you can quickly get to five, then this is probably going to be an underplay. But Nevada at home feels like a huge game for where this is. They go to play at Stanford. I I think that Cal and Stanford might be somewhat comparable teams, but this is where uh, things flip for me. You get Oregon State, Washington State, and Colorado at home. Oregon State, Washington State, and Colorado at home is a great opportunity for Cal to be able to win games uh, that they need to win in order to be able to get there. So, again, stupid round number. I'm I, six and six is kind of how I count it up, but I've actually got the over thinking that while I can run through and come up with five easy losses, they shouldn't be counted out of any of the other games on their schedule. I'm going to go against you here, Chip. I, I, I have the under. Um, so my general thought is in handicapping this team, like w- will I be able to play offense, right? The, the last couple of times we've seen them, the answer is largely no. Um, I think that they are most likely two and one against Sac State, Nevada, and at Arizona, with three and zero being more likely than one and two there. But I'll give them the two and one there. I also think they're roughly likely to be two and one out of Oregon State, at Stanford, Colorado, and Washington State. So right now I'm at four with you know five being more likely than three. Then, as you mentioned, TCU, USC, Washington, Oregon. You know, do we see one from that group? <laughs> you maybe. might. You, you might. Because there's, yeah, it's, it's, and we've changed over offensive coordinators and didn't get a chance to fully install the offense. So there, there is reason to your first point to think, hey, something has changed and they didn't get a chance to fully implement it. Maybe we do see the Bears with a little bit more of a dynamic offense. I like Chase Garbers. I think he is a good player. So I actually think, Garbers is not that bad. I really like Wilcox a whole lot as a head coach. I think he's awesome. If he were to get let go, he'd be picked up as a DC immediately somewhere. Um, but man, their offense was just so bad. Like I, and your point about not being able to install it, I think is very valid. But they were still, I, I got this from Bill Connolly, three and out on 42% of their possessions last year. Mm-hmm. I just see five and seven as a lot more likely than seven and five. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and take take the under here, but I can see the path to six and six, seven and five. You, it, you lose me a little bit. Yeah. I think you've been spending too much time with David Cobb, Jim. I, I am on the under as well. I'm with, Bud, and it's for a lot of the same things you went over. And also like, cause if you look at the schedule, I don't think it's the likely outcome, but Cal could start Owen two, And it wouldn't be a shock because that Nevada game, they're playing a team that has a possible first round quarterback on it. Now defensively, Nevada's got, plenty of problems. Cal should be able to move the ball and score in a really, or if Cal isn't able to put, put up points against Nevada, that could be a very ominous sign going forward, but they are capable of losing that game because again, they're not a great offense at TCU. That's going to be a tough game. So this is a team that could start Oh, and two get a win over Sacramento state and then be one and three after getting beaten by Washington in the pac 12 opener. And I, I agree. Washington on the road loss, Oregon on the road loss, UCLA on the road, probably a loss. USC at home, probably a loss. So like 
it's easier to see seven losses here than it is to find seven wins. So I'm on the under. I I think Cal, for a lot of the same reasons that I'm skeptical of Washington's ultimate ceiling, just offensively, I don't feel like this is a team that can score 35 points when you need to score 35 points these days to win consistently. I'm going to go on the under two. I, I think the schedule, I'm agreement. Carson Strong with Nevada, that's going to be their Super Bowl. They've had it prepared. You know, they've, they've had that game circled. They'll be preparing for that, you know, a lot longer than Cal would be for them. Traveling to TCU, the 0-2 start. I mean, then it's more likely 1-3 start after they play Washington on the road. And then it's just an uphill battle. Oregon on the road. I I think they lose to Colorado, even though it's at home. I like Chase Garbers. Now, that's the one thing that kind of worries me. Is I do think he could have a resurgent type year, but I don't know. Even in that, I think it's six and six with a with a pretty solid year from him. So I'm going to take the under two. I'll th- I'll, as as I sit here facing all of my haters, I will say that last time we had a full football season, Justin Wilcox. Led Cal as a 21 and a half point underdog into Autzen Stadium and mucked it up to get a 17 to 7 win against Oregon. That's yeah, that's that, really all I need. That Oregon team wasn't as good as this Oregon team. Yeah. Are you sure about that? Yeah. I'm okay. 100% sure. Especially in the lines. By the way, speaking of numbers, 97 written five star reviews on, on Apple Podcasts this month. Awesome job to the listeners. Let's get Let's us over around hundred. Like that. That's that's pretty sick to have that in the off season. That's I don't see the other pods out there doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, go ahead and and, and drop take, it. Take in, the man. over on that. Bet that up. <laughs> we will we will pick overs for your team if you if enough of you give us five star reviews. Coming up on the other side, rounding out the Pac-12 North as we take a look at year two of Nick Rolovich at Washington State. Jonathan Smith trying to get things going at Oregon State and a very low total for the Stanford Cardinals, something that uh, would be very surprising. We'll see. Get into that more next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, so Washington State uh, over under win total at six. Uh, William Hill this morning, I had it at minus 110 on either side. What are the uh, what are the feels here in year two for the Cougs? Has it moved at all post-Rolovich COVID thing? I don't think so. It was six yeah. back uh, like a month ago, and it was six again this morning. Same. Are you going to take it? I've, I have. No, I want to take the – I was hoping it would have dropped like to five and a half. 
And you, then I would have taken the over. So Danny Cannell is principal going over on unvaccinated coaches. I just want well, to make sure that. No, I'm because getting... I think it's already been reported that his team is much high. Like, I think they're at 75%. There was a report that came out on that. So, like, there might be a misperception, a lack of leadership. Rolovich is my guy, right? We competed for the fourth roster spot, the fourth string quarterback spot in Denver way back in 2003. It's a great dude. Um, he's a fun coach. He's just going to have to coach from Zoom. For some yeah, stuff. They might have to, <laughs> which I think could be a problem. <laughs> I think the six and six is probably the likely outcome. Again, like, but there's gonna be a scenario. Jared Guarantano wins the starting job, and then it's like, oh no, here we go. You're gonna trust him in a system where he's gonna have to throw it all over the yard. I think this is a tougher job. I think Mike Leach, and I like Rolovich, but this is not, this is stating the obvious. Mike Leach is a better coach at this point in his career. He was able to maximize the talent, make Washington State into a Pac 12 contender. I think the road's going to be a little bit tougher for Rolovich. So I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I like the, the vaccination thing, getting, pushing all the whatever the hell crap to the side of it. It's a distraction. Mm-hmm. And it's also a, you know, like it's kind of a, something that he could be hammered over the head with like a cudgel. So if you look at their schedule, Utah state should be a window open the season. Portland state should be a window open the season. Although Portland states wreaked plenty of havoc in the early season for PAC 12 teams in Washington in recent years. But like, then they start PAC 12 play with USC at Utah and at Cal with this vaccine thing hanging over his head, if they get off to a slow start, it might just be the final, you know, it's like maybe the school feels like, well, we can't do anything now just because of this. But if they're 0-3 in the Pac-12, maybe you pull the trigger. And now all of a sudden, maybe you've got a team that's off to a slowish start that's playing under an interim coach and has a lot of games left to be played. And who knows what that's going to look like by the time you get to the end of the year. So with all these factors at play that are just really too difficult to judge, I'm not playing this. I'm not touching it. I'm not going near it. But I think under six wins is far more likely than over six wins. Yeah, I, I don't see it as far more likely. Um, I, some of the sort of institutional factors point me to under here. Some of the numbers actually like, like the over. Uh, I think this is a pretty good line. I'm not going to waste a whole lot of our time on it because I don't have a, a strong feeling either way. This is just firmly in the guest category for me. Um, I have a hard time trusting a team like this with a defense that is as consistently bad as it has been uh, to get to seven wins. So for that reason, I'm going to go ahead and take the under. Um, I've I, Under uh, as well. I think Arizona is my only surefire Pac-12 win on the schedule. You get Oregon State and Stanford at home. Those, those are winnable games. Getting them at home is always good, like we say, but I don't think they'll get both of them. And while I am down on BYU compared to what it seemed to be, I don't know, like numbers or rankings or, or ratings, uh, I, I'm not going to say that's a lock for Washington State either. So I, I have an easier time. I, I actually I, I'm probably won't actually make this a personal play, but I might make this uh, one for the locks podcast because I keep coming up with four or five and there's no way that I'll look at the schedule and get seven. So uh, I'm also going to be on the under and that's without even considering a competitive dis like a competitive disadvantage of anything that you cannot do that other coaches can do based on whatever the protocol. 
Also, to be fair, Washington announced, I believe that they're what, 75%, I think it is, which means they're they're pretty close as a team to being over that number. So that that's not really that big of a concern for me. For Nick Rolovich? Well, I don't know about Rolovich, but Yeah, like no, mine is the mine is specifically the team is about, not following suit. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Right. I, I was not concerned that he was gonna be some like trailblazer bad influence. I'm like actually thinking about the whatever kind of contact that some vaccinated coach can have with his players that you are not going to be allowed to have. Right. It's just, we, saw, is, we saw coaches, Mike Norvell got COVID, like, couldn't go to the game. We could see a game where Rolovich is not allowed to travel because he's pot. There could be a, a situation unfold where it impacts his ability to coach. Yeah. And it's, it's just going to continue to be the story for as long as he's not, because every single time he has a press conference, it's going to be hard to not to notice like, Hey, why isn't he in the room? Yeah. Um, question for you guys. What, what do you make that BYU game? It's, it's in Pullman. So, uh, Washington state, I'm like all over the, the map in terms of like, I've got a couple different power ratings that I pulled together and Washington state is one of the biggest like red flag teams and that the numbers are just all over the place. Uh, for BYU, I would say it's in Pullman close to pick them. I think yeah, they're. I, mean, I BYU's think BYU's win total six and a half. I think they're going to have a big setback year. BYU. I, I I have no idea what BYU is going to be this year. Yeah. BYU might be six, four, five, six points better neutral, but even I don't even trust that. What do you have, Bud? I made it Washington State fifty two percent. So that's like half point favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some of these power ratings on BYU are just wildly yeah. different. And honestly, like that, how you treat BYU is a fairly important aspect of how you do these Pac-12 win totals Mm -hmm. because, I mean, if you love BYU, you are downgrading about five of these teams by a quarter win. If you think BYU sucks this year, you're probably going over on a lot of the teams that play BYU. Great point. How many games are going to win this fall? We now travel to Corvallis, Oregon State win total of four. Over at minus 120, under at plus 100. The draw from the south includes at USC, Utah, Arizona State, at Colorado. They got Washington State, Stanford, and Cal. Games that could be winnable, but they're all on the road. There's Purdue, but that game's also on the road. Um, Do we think that in this year where we've seen Tristan Jebbia give us um, some flashes of things that are real exciting, but we've got a defense that's losing like superstars, do we think that Oregon State's going to be able to make it to five wins? Squeaking there. Okay. Just a squeak. I'm not super confident in there. I, I got them getting just, just barely managing to get to five and seven because I do think that if you look, I think Hawaii is probably a win. Agree. I think Idaho is a win. I think they could beat Stanford. And who knows what Arizona State's going to look like. That's their home slate. By the time they get there, that game's in late November. Who knows what the situation's going to be there. But it's like the road games, they open with Purdue. Purdue is not a team I'm super high on. So I I feel like in most cases, Purdue's going to win that game. But I don't think it's that much more than a coin flip either way. Uh, USC on the road, probably a loss. Washington State on the road, that I don't. 
None of us here are going to be shocked if Oregon State beats Wazoo. At Cal, as I talked about, you know, it's not an explosive offense. Oregon State, I think, can be able to score enough points to stay in that game. So get a couple plays to go your way. That's a winnable game. Colorado on the road, I think, is a winnable game. So I don't think five and seven is out of line. I, I think four and eight is also very much in play, but I just have them slight edge to five and seven. So I'm not betting this. I'm not going near it, but just slightly. Stop me if you've heard this. Oh, go ahead. If you went around the country to like good college football fans and said, who's the coach at Oregon State? No chance. How many think like no one like this is probably the most unknown program in the country, which is sad because it was it's a pretty good program. Like I've covered games in Corvallis. They got a great fan base. I think Jonathan Smith is a pretty good coach. I think he was on his way to a really strong rebound and then COVID hit sets you back. But if you dig in last year, they were competitive in every game, they beat Oregon last year. Uh, you know, they played Utah. They only lost a six by them. They, you know, but then they'd lose to Stanford, like by three. But they were still in every game. I think they're going to be better. I'm going to take the over. I think, la- I, think, I think that momentum that he had in year two kind of comes back. They're able to build off the energy that they got from the Oregon game. So I'm going to say they get back on track, and there's another. I'm going to say it's a five-win season for Oregon State. I'm on. Stop me if you heard this before, but I think the push is the most likely outcome here. I keep adding up, and oh, is you the number four our and a half. Oh, what's I've, our number? I've got it at four. Oh, four? I got it at four yeah. and a half. Chip, I'm seeing four and a half this morning on Will That's Hill. what I thought. Four okay. and a half was the number. But if it's at four, give me the over again. Yeah, if it's at four, it's a bet. Protection. Okay. Yeah. So you feel? I was going to say under. Because I've got Ooh. I've got Hawaii. Show bet? You want to do a show bet on the on on four <laughs> on I Oregon State too. on Oregon yep. State. Let's yes. do a show bet. Yeah, Oregon State has always been a cover three staple, Jim. Yeah. Well, hey, which is why I'm not going to take it because I don't want to like have that. I don't want to be rooting for the Beavs to not do well. But I've got Hawaii, Idaho, one pack, twelve win, maybe two, but I do not see three. Let's God. do a show bet. I'll, I'm on I mean, the other side. Yeah, let's uh, show well, bet. I, I will take all of that over four. Over four. I'll and give I, you odds on what, what what do you want on what do you want on over four? Like plus one ten? What's the percentage chance? Uh like what is the, the price of um dignity. <laughs> For me, I don't know. That's tanked a long time ago. I'll, I'll give I'll give you plus one forty if you want to go under four. Okay. No, what are we get- I'm, I'm, I'm principled, man. I, I root for this team to have success. I'm making my pick, honestly, but I don't want to bet that. Plus 150? It's, nah. it's not like you got to pay us 100 grand if they lose. Yeah, it's just 140. Right, <laughs> but, it's, but it's part of the show ether, you know? It'd be, it'd be like uh, just, it, nah, I don't want any part of that. Bad, bad, bad energy. I'm out of here. For the picks, you are going under, right? Yes, for the picks, I am going under. All right, cool. I, yeah, I just it's Washington the culture. Washington State, Stanford, and Cal are all games that if those games were in Corvallis, that would be better because those are some of the games that are the most winnable, and they're all on the road. It's tough. It's a tough break. This Chip is a Beaver hater. Let's be honest. Chip hates the Beavers. I I just trust Oregon State to score enough points yeah. to be competitive in enough games. To where I think five is a good bit more likely than than just four. So I'm going to take the over. It's not a great bet. If anybody finds, uh, if anybody finds four, 
that is, that is a great bet, in my opinion. Like I would I would bet the over four flat, like pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I go, go ahead and give me the over four and a half here. Probably not going to make it into my uh, best bets part when we do that. How many games are going to win this fall? The Stanford Cardinal. Now I've got this one at four. We got it at around four. Okay. Yep. Minus one ten both sides. Uh, minus one ten both sides. The the without a doubt the toughest schedule that I analyzed today. And I don't know. I haven't looked at the national metrics recently, but your non con is uh, Kansas State, Vanderbilt, Notre Dame. You draw USC, UCLA, Arizona State, and Utah from the South Division, which I don't know which way you want to put those. And of course, Arizona State, as we mentioned, is a little bit of a wild card, but those are the top four teams in the Pac-12 South by my estimation. So you've got the toughest possible cross-division draw. You've got three, um, you know, Kansas State, Vanderbilt, Notre Dame, Power 5 level opponents on your non-con you know, the winnable games in division, Cal is at home, Oregon State on the road, Washington State on the road. Which way are we going with Stanford and four wins? Under. I think this is a, kind of a sucker line. If you're like, oh, it's David Shaw, he'll get him back to five wins. I, I'm, I'm taking the under here. Uh, I could be very wrong. They could bounce back. I actually think Tanner McKee has a boatload of talent. I remember him at the Elite 11 back in, shoot, I don't know, like, Maybe Trevor Lawrence's year, I, I think it was perhaps because he he went on his LDS mission, you know, before going to Stanford. Um, he's a legit like big time, you know, pocket quarterback, arm talent guy. Uh, defensively, Stanford has not been good in in some time. How many games do you have Stanford favored in? Let's see. So we've got. Uh... I think it's two. What are the what are the two? I've got Vandy at, at Vandy negative eleven. Yeah, and then I actually have them as very slight dogs to both Kansas State and at Oregon State and Cal, but I think they'll be favored in one of those. But man, like if they're going to go over four, you have to essentially sweep Kansas State, Cal, and at Oregon State, not screw up against Vandy, and you still need to pull one of the following at Washington State. It's doable. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame, doable. UCLA, okay. Utah, maybe. Washington, again, maybe. At Arizona State, possible. But not, it's. I think that game's earlier in the year, so maybe less likely Arizona State collapses by then. At USC and Oregon. The toughest part of what I just said was pulling the sweep against Kansas State, Cal, and Oregon State. I think Kansas State's a pretty good football team this year. I, I'm going to go ahead and take the under here. I, I just think it's more likely three than five. As sure. of now, Stanford is a one and a half point favorite over K State. Okay. Show so bet. Calling that a toss up is pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Bud, you want a show bet? Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll take Kansas State. No, I'm talking about this over. one. Yeah, I got the over. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, and I'm just, not betting this by the way with my real. Where stuff, are their wins? I'm curious I, for a show bet for sure. Where are their wins, Chip? Okay. So where are the wins, Chip? The winnable division games are Cal, Oregon State, and Washington State. Um, I think that you can get one of those really tough cross-division games, uh, and then all you need is Vandy or K-State. Danny, where are you at? you on the under two? I am. No, I'm going to take the over. I, I Bud knew he must have heard the words coming out of my mouth that David Shaw is not going to have another four win season. I'm leaning towards that. 
Uh, I like the fact that Tanner McKee is going to take over. I they've got a great running back too, and uh, Austin Jones, who averaged you know close to 91, 92 yards last year. I think they're going to get back to a little bit more ball control on the offensive side of the ball. But this to me is more about a culture, a team that's competitive, um, that's not going to give up at any point in the season like they'll be fighting out there I think they'll revert back and like as good as Davis Mills was last year it wasn't like he was some world beater at quarterback so I know there's been a lot made of him going to the NFL but I still think they're like I don't I don't think it's that big of a loss where all of a sudden and they were four and two last year they were still pretty good team like all of a sudden it's just going to collapse so I'm going to take the over one other thing I want to mention here is that this is now an entirely early signing period roster for David Shaw. I th- he was by far the most vocal coach when it came to, are we going to have the early signing period? Because he knew it was absolutely going to kneecap their recruiting, and it has. Their talent level has dropped off a cliff. And in the transfer era, Stanford's academics are such to where they are not able to get many, shoot, if any, transfers into school. Because it's just really hard to transfer to a place you know, like Stanford. Um I just don't think this roster measures up to what it used to be. Like they're not beating out good schools anymore for kids who are it's like, oh man, this kid could have gone to Alabama, but like, you know, the academics were special, so he went to Stanford. It's just it's the early signing period because of when Stanford's able to tell kids they could get in has really hurt them. I don't I think their blue chip ratio is like half of what it was I don't ignore six, seven years ago. I don't ignore those factors, but our expectations, like the goalposts have moved. Mm-hmm. We're talking yeah. about a team that was regularly finishing in the top twenty, top fifteen of the final AP poll that we're asking if they can get four wins. I'm asking to get to five and seven. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. I am, am I the only the one on the under on the under? Yeah, here? I'm on the over. Because like if we look at Stanford's again, we, we don't want to take tw- too much from 2020 for anybody in the Pac-12. But this is a team that went, you know, four and two. It lost its opener against Oregon on the road. It lost pretty badly. It looked outclassed. And then the loss to Colorado at the time was like a shock because Colorado was a team that nobody really saw coming or having the kind of season that it had last year. So I think that kind of painted what we remember of Stanford's team last year. But they finished not only with a four-game win streak, but they finished with a four-game win streak on the road they beat cal at cal they beat washington at washington they beat oregon state at oregon state they beat ucla at ucla i don't think that stanford is the team that's winning 10 11 games and competing for pac-12 north titles i think you're dead right on that but i think that this new era is going to impact them and the stanford we saw as a pac-12 title contender is gone and it probably won't be coming back anytime soon but five and seven come on you get to five and seven I'm going over. All right. But do you have any, any, any final defense? No, I, I, I look, this is not something I'm going to put, be putting in my bets column. The, the one thing from this, from this section that I will probably put in my bets column is, uh, is actually the Washington over eight and a half for, for minus 130. I, I like that a, a good bit. Um, the rest of these, I feel like it's very difficult to use our, our 2020 data, right? They did go two and or four and two last year. They were also one of the luckiest teams in the country, and by percentage, maybe the luckiest team in the country. I mean, they they were thirty six percent at Cal, won forty four percent at Washington, smarter you know, won that. They were very marginal in their wins. <laughs> they just they're, know how to win, but they just know how to win. They're smarter. They know how to win. That's true. I man, this defense scares me a little bit. But like, I, I don't think David Shaw is a bad coach. The sport has become more explosive around them, though, and they've not kept pace with that. 
I think that's kind of a, a bit of an issue. We'll see. I Do you guys feel hesitant to bet some of these Pac-12 games or yes. Pac-12 numbers preseason because yes. of the sample size last year was so small? Very much. I do too. I don't think I'm you, – you're probably not going to be seeing a lot of Pac-12 locks from me on the <laughs> locks pods until October. Oh, like you'll just stay away and just – Yeah, I mean, it's – it's hard to know. Like it's like very early in the season. I mean, I'm sure I'll change it because I'm going to be excited to have the locks yeah. pod back. But my, my plan right now is I'm going to take it slow early in the year just to see where things settle in, because it's hard to know what of anything from last year is really ultimately useful from a lot of conferences that didn't play, you know, full 10, 11, 12 game seasons. Trying to take that yeah, discipline, Danny. Slow. We all say we're going to take it slow. Oh, yeah. And then, and then we'll start with 10 locks apiece. <laughs> you know what? I, I like that lock agreement. You know, you just all of a sudden you, you hear that. Oh, not that one. <laughs> um, and then you want to hear it and then you just get into it. Real quick. I somehow deleted Chip's pick for... Washington State and Danny's pick for Washington State and Washington. So for the graphic, we need the uh, the over and under. Washington, over. my Washington State is under. Okay, got it. And under, I and then too. Danny, your Washington uh, was got under it. as well. All right. So we all have three unders and three overs. That's good balance. Bud Elliott, back in the day, did keep tabs on another college football writer's over-under picks and realized that it was not mathematically possible for all these overs to hit at the same time. Yeah, we, 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 did, we did have a sheet, like behind the scenes of the explanation. That, uh, somebody, what was it? It was, it was SEC picks, and you know, there was, I think he projected like 35% more wins than was mathematically possible within the SEC. It was yes. like not even close. Like, huh? Uh, there was only twelve <laughs> SEC teams back in the day, but it was like we're gonna, ten of twelve going over. I I love having Bud around. <laughs> right. He will keep your ass honest. That is for sure. <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter at Bud Elliott three. You can follow him at Danny Canelli. You can follow him at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. show is fire country i'm not a hero i'm in orange for a reason they're taking 12 months off your sentence you're free lady with a special epic season finale now that i'm out i need something to get me up in the morning you are a firefighter used to be that will be unforgettable in the name of your life's happiness go get your girl she's getting married tomorrow says when do you let anything get in the way of what you want the fire country season finale friday 9 8 central on cbs and streaming on paramount plus